Stafford coming back to town Thursday crossover for Lions and Rams. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Thursday edition of both Locked On Rams and Locked On Lions. Matt Derry, your host of the Locked On Lions podcast. Travis Rogers, Locked On Rams. Detroit will host L.A. Sunday night, 8.15 Eastern, 5.15 Pacific in round one of the uh, NFC playoffs. An unbelievable season really for both of these teams. And now uh, it all comes to a uh, head here at Ford Field in Detroit. Of course thanks for making us your first listen checking us out wherever you get your podcast thanks for watching us for free as well on our locked on lions and locked on rams youtube channels locked on lions locked on rams the thursday crossover brought to you by prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl use code all lowercase locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars Travis, uh, I, I would make a joke and say thanks for the vine, right? Here we are. I, <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before, yeah. I'm sure you've heard it numerous times, but good to uh, good to see you. And you how, excited, uh, how excited are Rams fans and how stunned are you that the Rams are even at this point when it was a three and six? Yeah, I think that's the word, Matt, right? A- a excitement for sure. And I think probably more than excitement is really surprised. I think even the most optimistic Rams fan coming into this season thought that maybe 500 would be an unbelievable accomplishment. Eight, nine, nine, and eight, somewhere in there to, to really, to get to that point, everything would have had to have broken exactly right. And then of course they get off to this terrible start. They're three and six at the bye, and it's not even really a very good three and six. It doesn't look like they've played very good football. I don't know what they did during the bye, but it worked. They're seven and one since then. They've only lost to Baltimore in overtime uh, on the road in the rain. Other than that, they've looked really good along the way, and they won ten games. And it's it's an unbelievable surprise, and even more surprising maybe it's not just that they somehow some way found their way in. They got a chance to win the game. They got a chance to make some noise when they get there. It's not like they were the the best of the bad teams. They're playing well at the most important time of the year, and. Uh, they got a little momentum coming in. As far as storylines go, certainly let's get into it. Uh, you know, here in Detroit, there's two really. Number one is obviously the return of the quarterback. Uh, as I'm referring to him this week as the unnamed quarterback, because uh, <laughs> I, I'm all Ke- I'm all Kelly Stafford it out. Uh, <laughs> and, and and so really that's going to be huge, you know, because I think everybody expected next year to be that return and we'll play the video and we'll, some people will wear jerseys and, Instead, he's the enemy now. And, you know, there's all this stuff on the side about, you know, the D-line, one of our uh, folks that does uh, some swag and stuff here. They're saying a jersey ban and all this. Bottom line is there still has to play that game. And number two is the the issue, the injury to Sam Laporta. Pro Bowl tight end rookie that's been unbelievable, broke all these rookie records uh, for tight ends. You know, as now you and I are recording here for Thursday, I mean, it's still up in the air. Dan Campbell saying Wednesday he's improved, but that's a big chunk of the offense. And uh, that's a big storyline because it's a big drop-off between Sam Laporta and then James Mitchell, who's a good backup tight end and a good second-year player. But, boy, Laporta not being there would be a a big loss for this Detroit team. Yeah, obviously, you know, you never want to see anybody go down. But that's just one of those things that kind of broke the Rams' way that's such an important player that 
might not play. And if he does play, may not be at his best. So we'll see what that looks like. Like you mentioned, the big story, you, you talked about Stafford coming back to, to Detroit, and that is. But it's kind of the same thing here just with the other guy, right? The big story is Jared Goff and the, the, the Matthew Stafford, or should say that Sean McVay, you know, a few seasons ago, basically telling the league, I can't do anything with this guy, or at least this is as far as I can go with this guy. Um, and and by the way, they went to the Super Bowl. It's not like they were <laughs> stuck in the mud and they weren't able to do anything, but it wasn't one of these, you know, we both, it was very clearly, this doesn't work for me. This doesn't work for us. We need to get better at that position. And he was right. And they made the trade and it worked like that instantly they win the super bowl the very next year so he was validated in the decision but the 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 story going forward is i have not read a single ram story this week that isn't about jared goff that isn't about him having an opportunity to kind of square his balance sheet with sean McVay and a a chance to say yeah maybe maybe you got what you needed but i got what i needed too and i can win some games and that's what i'm most interested in uh from from a narrative standpoint is just how does Jared Goff respond. Does he take his game to another level? Does he look as good as he's looked more or less all season long? Or does he kind of have that, oh, there's my ex across the way and, and and react accordingly? Sometimes you thrive, sometimes you don't, and we're waiting to see. I think him being at home is going to help. I think sure. having that having that crowd there is going to help. Um, and I and I think he's going to play good football. I, I love what McVeigh said the other day. Um, which was classy about, hey, I might not have handled this very well. And he said it twice, which I think, you know, in, the, in this day and age of very lacking of, of accountability all over yeah. the place in our in our country, I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was real classy and stand-up of Sean. And I think that the, this is a rare trade, Travis, that, that worked for both teams. I mean, I think you're right. it's so cliche, but it, it's true. I mean, the Lions got all these draft picks out of it and Jameson Williams and, and Jameer Gibbs and stuff. And and the Rams got a Super Bowl. I, it, it did work, and and the Brad Holmes blueprint is not stolen from the Rams, but he's drafted so well, like the Rams always have with Les Snead, and now Les's draft this past year was really good, just like Holmes is. So a lot of mirror images here. Yeah, there is, there there are, I should say, and it, it's going to be as much about the the stuff, for lack of a better word, Matt, than it is about the football, because somebody somebody's going to write the story of you know. I told you so without saying I told you so. And I agree with you. Sean McVay is not a vindictive guy. Sean McVay is not a guy that's going to, you know, twist the knife or anything like that. And he did talk about how he might have been able to handle differently. And Jared Goff, at the same time, I don't think the chip's ever going to leave my shoulder for what happened in Los Angeles. And I don't blame him. You know, when, 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 when they put that on you specifically, and they did, that's got to stick with you. And he's got a chance to, to square it, I, you know, to kind of go to the football of it all. I, I really am fascinated to see how much better Jared Goff has gotten because if there's anybody or at least knew what Jared Goff struggled with, it's Sean McVay. It's his coaching staff. It's knowing what he might not really thrive under. I'm sure they're going to th- throw as much of that as they can at him and see how it handles. And if he has gotten better, and I believe that he has, I, I think it's going to be an unbelievable game. We got some top uh, matchups, some matchups to uh, to take a look at. We'll do that coming up next year. Lockdown Lions, Lockdown Rams, the Thursday crossover for Detroit and LA. I almost said St. Louis, LA, <laughs> coming up uh, Sunday night at Ford Field.
And this Thursday crossover episode of Locked On Lions and Locked On Rams is sponsored by BetterHelp. Thinking about therapy, thinking about wanting to talk to somebody. We're here in 2024. It's a new year. There's things that you want to get straight in your mind. And who do you talk to? Where do you turn to? And, and how does that all work? Well, why don't you give BetterHelp a try? If you think about starting up therapy, it's simple. BetterHelp is great. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suits to your schedule. And the great thing about BetterHelp is you just fill out a brief questionnaire you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That is key. Not everybody is comfortable with the first person that they talk to, but you can do that and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge at BetterHelp. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com, slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash on. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions, Travis Rogers, the great host of Locked On Rams, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Thursday crossover brought to you by Prize Picks. IT Raj, when you look at uh, uh, matchups here, what stands out? What's something that uh, you want to see Sunday night? Well, I, I think the number one thing matchup wise, and it, I don't know who the Lions counterpart is in this matchup necessarily, it's the Rams kicking game. You know what I mean? Like the, the Rams are the worst kicking team in the entire NFL by a mile. It's not even close. The Rams have missed 16 kicks this year. They're on their third kicker. None of them have been, well, two of them are the same guy, right? They open up the season with Brett Maher. He's no good. They get rid of him. They go to Lucas Haversick, who, believe it or not, is actually worse. Now they're back to Maher. And Maher last week against San Francisco missed another point after. Uh, I, I'm, I, I can't wait to see what happens that I, I guess, you know, obviously there's going to be some, uh, circumstances that determine this, that what's the score, what time in the game and all these things. I would not be shocked if the Rams just opt not to kick PATs. It would not surprise me at all. Wow. What, what, what's interesting is th there could be a situation where you have to kick it right where it's a fourth and six from the 30 yard line and you're down by one point and there's 10 seconds left in the game. You have to get, they've missed 16 kicks this year. The next most in the league is 10 from New England. They don't make kicks. And we know how often this comes down in a playoff game to a make or a miss. Or if they do try to kick PATs early in the game, if they do miss one, do they go away from it? There's a million different scenarios off of that. It's it's not Matthew Stafford. It's not Aaron Donald or Kyron Williams or Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup. It's Brett Maher and whether or not he can make kicks. It's amazing because he was so good for most of the regular season last year in Dallas and had that uh, gag job at the end of the year and in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, Dallas obviously got rid of him, and they're doing quite well with Michael Aubrey. I think, yeah. we, you know, you talk about field goal defense and, you know, the joke went, oh, the, the, up, the uprights and stuff. Right. That crowd is going to be so insane Sunday night that you're right. It's almost like the crowd needs to know and needs to watch you and me and go, <laughs> oh, my gosh, let's get even louder, even for a field goal, because – Maher is so shaky. And I also know you guys have had your issues this year covering punts because you're 32nd in the league. So Lions had a really good week last week with, with, with Khalif Raymond returning punts. He, he's, he's questionable for this game. Most likely he also has a knee issue, but uh, that's also something to watch a flipped field. Jack Fox has been excellent on punts. Raymond on the returns have been good on punts uh, on the punt return game. Lions are not exactly uh, you know, they're not exactly as comfortable or as uncomfortable as the Rams kicking, but Michael Badgley is not money either. Lions yeah. are also on their second kicker this year. So 
This it would be interesting to see if this would turn into a battle of missed field goals on Sunday. Yeah, I, I'd be curious too, Matt, to see if the Rams actually, when it comes to their punting game, if they give Detroit a chance to return any of these punts. I would not be surprised if a number of these punts land in the end zone, land out of bounds, because like you mentioned, they've they've lost a couple of games or nearly lost a couple of games because of punt returns. The, the one game they did lose in the second half of the season was against Baltimore in overtime punt return for a touchdown. They nearly blew a game that at the time felt like their entire season was riding on against the giants with a punt return for a touchdown. So I, I think they may sacrifice a little bit of field position in some of this stuff and just blast the ball out of the end zone, blast it out of bounds and kind of take that off the table for Detroit because they really have struggled with it for most of the year. Gosh, that one against the Giants that was like 95 Ooh. yards, and uh, he just made one turn and he was gone. <laughs> he was gone. Yeah, it, it, this is not a strong. The Rams can score. The Rams' defense is 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 average. It's not great. It's not it's not bad. But their team's play has been abysmal all season long. Matchup for me certainly is that interior of your defensive line, Aaron Donald, Kobe Turner have been absolutely awesome. Uh, yeah. I love what the Lions' offensive line has done all year. If Frank Ragnow is healthy, stays in the game, the entire game at center, he's as good as there is. And Glasgow at right guard and certainly Jonah Jackson at left guard have been very, very good this year. Jackson, maybe not his best year. He's going into free agency. Still somebody I would retain. But this is, in terms of one-two punches on the interior of that D-line, Lions have seen some good ones. Don't get me wrong. They played Baltimore and some others. But these two guys, and you could tell me, Travis, uh, you know, Turner is just, I mean, what, what, a, what a pickup that was this year in the draft. And Put him next to Donald. That's tough. That's that's tough to, to, to defend. Yeah, what, what Kobe Turner's been able to do has been to really take advantage of the attention that Aaron Donald still gets, still deserves to get, that, that Aaron Donald is double teamed on virtually every snap. He's frequently triple teamed. And can someone else in that interior line take advantage that they're getting singled up over and over and over again? And Turner's the first guy in a couple of seasons that's really been able to take advantage of that to the tune of getting to the quarterback. We've seen some other guys have nice, you know, and Dominican Sue a few years ago, last season, Ashawn Robinson, the Super Bowl season, Ashawn Robinson did a decent job there, but especially for a young player, Kobe Turner has been really good. He's got nine sacks, uh, Byron young on the outside. He's been somebody that's been able to get to the quarterback pretty effectively this season as well. But, you know, it starts with with Donald. If Donald is doing the things that he does and has done for the better part of 10 years, you have to double and triple him or he will ruin everything. So it's up to those other guys to go win, and Turner has been able to do it. You concerned about St. Brown against your corners? I think your corners, oh, yeah. from, you know, from what I've seen with the yak yards, I know there's been some missed tackles, and that's concerned Sean McVay, hasn't it? Well, sure. I mean, the, their, the Rams' best corner, Akilla Witherspoon, is okay, but it's not like he's the second coming of Deion Sanders. He's he's okay. I mean, he does a good job. And then everyone else, that Darian Kendrick in particular, is still a younger player with a pretty steep learning curve. He's he's prone to giving up some very big plays along the way. Uh, got a little bit of optimism last week that Russ Yeast kind of stepped in and had a nice game in the slot. He filled in at safety. Jordan Fuller uh, got hurt last week. We're still waiting to see whether or not uh, he might be able to go. So the Rams secondary is is a classic bend, don't break sort of situation. They're going to give up some plays. They're going to give up some yardage. They don't give up a ton of points. They, they, you know, I go back and forth with the Rams fans on Twitter that, oh, here we go again. It's like, yeah, I understand they're moving the ball, but they're not scoring. So that yardage is one thing, points are another. They give up yards, but they don't give up a ton of points. 
Travis and I will come back uh, coming up next. We got to get into uh, how the Rams are going to win this game, how the Lions are going to win this game, and some predictions. And uh, the Locked On Lions audience is also uh, asking me to ask Travis a very important question about Dan Campbell. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> we will do they're, they're out there. They're, they're like spies. We will do that uh, coming up next as well right here on Locked On Lions and Locked On Rams, the Thursday crossover. And the podcast today brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin. It's right in the middle of uh, the worst flu season in over a decade, which is pretty scary. And of course, it's freezing here in Detroit, so cold and flu season is here. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my kids or something like that got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from getting the much-needed meds they need. Thankfully, we'll all be okay because of our friends at Jace Medical. That's J-A-S-E Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. So that's saving you money. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKDOWN to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Matt and Travis back with you. Thursday crossover, Locked on Lions and Locked on Rams. Thanks for making us your first listen, checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. I right, Travis, my my audience, they're they're crazy. They're like, you gotta call out the Rams guy. And I'm like, I gotta listen to this. And so you said Dan can't, and I, I don't think you were being negative, but like, I'm gonna play along. You said Dan Campbell is gonna do something colossally stupid. Sure. Uh, but it may work for the Lions, right? That, right? So we you know what what are you are you taking a shot or no? Or are you just like saying he's crazy? What, what I'm saying is, is that I don't know how to prepare for someone that's wildly unpredictable. That That's what I'm getting at. That mm-hmm. This is somebody who will go for it, who will call. We, going back a few years ago when Detroit came back to L.A. Uh, with Jared Goff, they owe an onside kick, a fake punt. Like there's all sorts of things that he does that, you know, there there's spots for fake punts. There's spots where you go for it on fourth down that – most NFL coaches fall into those little patterns where you kind of know where it's going to come and know where to look for it. There is no pattern with Dan Campbell. He is a wild card among wild cards. So that decision like, hey, we're going to go for it right here. We're going to give this a shot. Okay, well, all of a sudden you get <laughs> somebody flat-footed and I don't know what it is. Now, if you miss it and you go for it and it doesn't work, it could be the thing that keeps the Lions from winning the game. If you go for it and you hit it, and nobody sees it's coming, it could be the thing that wins you the game. I, 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 you know, Sean McVay is is a very dynamic head coach and a play caller and all these stuff, but he's a pretty conservative guy. You kind of know where he's going to go with sort of th- with with this sorts of stuff. A guy like Campbell scares the you-know-what out of me that you just never know what he's going to do. And sometimes unpredictability is incredibly effective, and sometimes it's that what-the-heck, like going for a two-point conversion from the seven-yard line, something like that. That could cut both ways. Yeah, no, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, he's done such a good job. And, yes, uh, Sean McVay is a Super Bowl-winning coach, and 
is that you know he's that breed of of new look young everybody wants the the next sean mcveigh the, the sure. mcveigh tree the shanahan tree all of that here comes dan campbell with the the, the meathead thing the biting the kneecaps and i get it <laughs> that a lot of folks go oh my gosh this guy's crazy but to take the detroit lions and have them with 12 wins yeah and hosting a playoff game in year three it's pretty damn good and i think for the Absolutely. most part his gambles are not as colossally stupid as maybe year one. I, I'm with you. I think in the first year, people went, what on earth is he doing? Now they're used to it. Um, I think in a game like this, I'm he not saying change, that he's going right? yeah, to. Yeah. Go ahead. I would just, I, I, I was just going to ask you, like, I don't think that he all of a sudden morphs into some, you know, unbelievably conservative guy. He's still going to Dan Campbell it up, right? He's still going to do what he does. I would think so. But I think like you said, if he, if he knows that the Rams special teams have been so bad, he may want them on the field and yeah. go, all right, it's a fourth and four. And I usually go for it. Let me bring the punt team out and see if these jokers jump off sides. It's yeah. possible. Sure. Um, so that, that, that could play into it. Um, but I do think, like you said, a fake punt would not surprise me in this game. Uh, I don't think he's going to run a fake field goal. Um, fourth and if he had to do it again from the seven, like he did in the Dallas game, I think he maybe would have taken the extra point uh, or kicked the extra point, but it's interesting. I, I, I think he's just done a whale of a job. Um, X's and O's wise. He's got the, yeah. arguably the best offensive coordinator there is, uh, in the game. And Ben Johnson's going to get a head coaching job. Um, so we'll see, I think. But it will be interesting to see how he does play this and how he does coach this, um, um, you know, as opposed to what McVeigh does. Yeah, he he has been exactly what they needed in retrospect, right? He comes in, and, and, and I'll be honest, when they, when I first heard him and listened to him and watched him, I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be a disaster. And it hasn't been. Like you just said, here you are, you won the division, you won 12 games, you're hosting a playoff game, so it has certainly worked. This is uncharted waters, and I just wonder if the 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 heart portion of his leadership, which obviously is is his bread and butter in the way that he does it, it doesn't supersede the this portion of it, the 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 analytical portion of it, and just that. Well, this is what I do, and okay, cool. But if this doesn't work, it could cost you the game. I don't know if that part of the decision making process is fully locked in, in in games like this. We'll find out. No, no, for sure. Uh, as far as how the Lions win, I mean, they got to win the turnover battle. Um, I've been saying it all week. You know, look, Rams fans know that occasionally Jared Goff has one of those games, and he's had a couple oh, yeah. this year where he, like, he throws it to the other team. I mean, the pick six, pick six against the Raiders in the Monday night game earlier this year, some of it was St. Brown's fault and everything else, but those are ones that, that sometimes Lion fans store. Um, I think the, the Lions win if they win the turnover battle. And if the Lions run the football and get back to the Gibbs and Montgomery two-headed monster and really pound the Rams up front, uh, that keeps – the LA offense, obviously, which is so good. And we haven't even mentioned Nakua yet. What a year he's had oh boy. off the field. So I think that that would be another way that the Lions with ball control would win this football game. What do, what do you see? Yeah, I, I think that it, it's not dissimilar in a way that I think that the, the ideal blueprint for the Rams is you need to have Kyron Williams touch the ball a lot. That as good as Matthew Stafford is, and he's having one of his great seasons, as good as Nakua, who you've mentioned, is. I mean, he he's on the short list of best wide receiver in football for this season. Cooper Cup maybe hasn't been the player that we've come to know over the last several seasons, but he's been better in the second half of the season than he was in the first. But I really, truly believe it comes down to Kyron Williams. When Matthew Stafford has some play action to work with, when the Rams have 
a running game, they're really tough to beat. They they have looked like a totally different team since he's come by. And if I have a criticism of Sean McVay, it's his propensity to kind of abandon the running game if it doesn't bear fruit early in the game. That if they're not able to move the ball on the ground because he has such a good quarterback, because he's such a a, a passing oriented head coach, he immediately goes to that passing game. I'd like I. I don't really care how many yards Kyron Williams has necessarily. I know that the Lions are a pretty stout team against the run. Um, I care how many times they try to run the ball. So if he runs it 20 times for 100 yards, great. If he runs it 20 times for 65 yards, I think that's nearly as good because I think that you have to continue to pay attention to it, continue to try to stop it, and it opens up some things for Matthew Stafford. So if they stick to the running game, like you said, don't turn it over. And I'll, I'll, I'll bring it full circle again. Make the kicks you have to make. You don't have to make a 55-yard field goal, but can we make the PATs? Can you make <laughs> field goals under 40 yards? Can you make the kicks that you're supposed to make, run the ball reasonably effectively, or at least a commitment to the run game? And I think that's the, the secret to their success. A couple things to watch, too, on the Lions front. Number one, third quarters have been a real problem. Uh, the, the cornerback situation right now is has not been good, although getting Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back, uh, you know, and kind of using him as a hybrid. Brian Branch is really good. Mm-hmm. The guys in the outside, Kendall Vildor and, and Cam Sutton, have not played well as of late. And when you're playing Puka Nakua, like you said, who's had a good, as good a year as anybody, and, and if Cooper Cup is playing like 2022 Cooper Cup, um, that, that's something to keep an eye on. Prediction-wise, Travis, what do you think? I think it's a close game, and that's why it scares me as much as it does, Matt, because what do close games mean? It means kicking. It means making a kick or missing a kick. I, I will be optimistic and hope that Brett Maher has a good day. We'll call it 27-24 to 24 for, for the Rams, but I, I think this is the best game on the board the entire weekend. I think it's the most competitive game on the board. It's got the best stories uh, of the weekend. If the Rams can make kicks, I think they squeak it out. Wow. Um no, I think, I mean, look, it's a three-point spread for a reason, right? right? I think that crowd plays a factor. I do. I think, I mean, I obviously in, for this building, and obviously the last Lions home playoff game was 93 at the Silverdome, uh, the Brett Favre-Sterling Sharp game that Lion fans want to forget, and they'll probably be ticked <laughs> off I brought it up. But th- this place is, I, I, I can't even imagine. Like I said, I was there my, for the Monday night game against the Raiders, and that's the Raiders. And yeah, when you see the silver and black uniforms, you get a little bit fired up. But sure. I mean, it was deafening. But for something like this, with all these stakes and it being number nine coming back, I, I just I think the Lions win it based off. I think the crowd is going to play a factor. I think uh, a couple of false starts pushing a third and eight to a third and 13 mm-hmm. uh, play a role in this thing. And I think the Lions win, we'll say similar to you, like maybe 27, 21, something like that. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what the Rams do with that crowd noise because look, I, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I've said it so many times I've gotten used to it. The Rams really don't have much of a home field advantage. There's a ton of people that come into SoFi stadium and kind of take the place over and they're used to playing in front of hostile crowds and what the Rams are at the most important spots they are experienced. They're experienced at head coach. They're experienced at quarterback. They're the the offensive line has some guys that have been around the block a few times along the way. Cooper Cup is not going to freak out because it's loud in there. He knows where to be and what to do. Uh, Aaron Donald is going to take care of his business. Uh, they're they're most important. Their best players have been through this a lot. 
Um, not necessarily the the same for a lot of the Lions' best players. There's this is uncharted territory for a lot of them. So kind of that push and pull of home field advantage, raucous crowd, adrenaline versus just hey, I've been here before. I know what this feels like. I know how to respond to it. Travis was fun, man. Uh, great to see you, and uh, good luck Sunday night. You got it, Matt. Thanks. Travis Rogers locked on Rams. Check him out on Twitter or X at, at Travis Rogers. I'm at, at, at Derry Speaks. Matt Derry, Travis Rogers, locked on Lions, locked on Rams. It's the Thursday crossover. It's been brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks.